Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Hey there, welcome to the program. Another dreary, gray, wet day in Boston, but uh, fortunately, not much shoveling to be done. And fortunately, I'm not doing the program today from sitting in front of a Dunkin' Donuts in a snowstorm. See, we've got to be thankful for the little things. Um, those of you who listened last week know that that's how the program was done, and that... Um, well, we're not going to little, we're not going to little snowstorm or traffic jam related to the snowstorm stop collaborative problem solving at home, are we? No way. Um, you know, I hear that music go on. It's kind of a nice sound to hear that music go on at the beginning of the program every week. Um, I hope it's good sound to you. I hope it's the sound of support of uh, somebody who's on your side, and uh, somebody who's advocating on your behalf, and not just one somebody, not just me, but Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit I founded to advocate on behalf of challenging kids, their parents, their teachers, other caregivers. You know, one of the easy things about collaborative problem solving is that it permits you to be on everybody's side. Yes, challenging kids need to be understood better. Yes, challenging kids need to have their unsolved problems identified and concerns identified and legitimized. But um, parents of behaviorally challenging kids have legitimate concerns, too. We need to hear about those. We're on their side, too. Uh, Classroom teachers, principals, they have legitimate concerns. We're on their side, too. Staff members in restrictive therapeutic facilities have legitimate concerns. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want the other kids to get hurt. They want the environment to be safe. Same can be said of classroom teachers and principals and parents. That's what is so nice about collaborative problem solving is um, I often tell the kids and families that I work with, I'm on everybody's side and I am simultaneously on nobody's side. But if you're listening to this program, I certainly hope you feel like I'm on your side and uh, trying to give you the support that you need, answer your questions, etc. We have a bunch of questions lined up on uh, today's program, but we also have some callers lined up, and we always do callers first. So let me just uh, callers. We have two of them already. This is good. Um, let me just remind you of the call-in number. It's 347-994-2981. Uh, 
that's the number you call. If you want to call in, comment, ask questions, get the support you need, um, or you don't have to call in to listen to the program, um, but you should feel absolutely free to listen to what's going on with others who are working with and parenting uh, a kid with social, emotional, and behavioral challenges. Um, and if you're not the calling in type, but do want to ask a question, you can do that electronically through the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website. I keep that email open the whole program. That's www.livesinthebalance.org. So I don't know um, what our callers are calling to talk about today. That's always the great adventure of this program. We now have three callers standing by. So uh, area code 603 and 519, excuse me, I'm having trouble with the number nine today, I guess. If you're in, if you're calling from area code 603 or 519, hang in there. I'm going to take our first caller today from area code 812. Welcome to the program. What's up? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. And yes, the program is a great support, as is the website, so thank you for that. I'm delighted to hear it. That's what they're there for. Great. I'm calling, actually, to follow up from a call I made sometime before the holidays. Okay. My daughter is four, and uh, (laughs) finding her in the chair of shame before... The holidays, I tried to initiate a discussion about CPS with the teacher and was considering whether it might be time to homeschool or not. Okay. Does that refresh? So that was then. I'm sorry? Sorry, go ahead. Um, So that discussion with the teacher uh, was challenging. But we hung in there, and something surprising has happened. I'm being constantly educated here. Um, I found my daughter the other day around the chair of shame again when I went to pick her up. And she didn't look distressed, so I didn't react. And when I asked the teacher, what was going on, she said, oh, which was hysterical, she said, oh, you know, we're just letting her now head out if circle time gets too hard for her, because we don't want to force her. She'll be ready someday. And that was a huge shock for me, because that's quite the transformation from not wanting to look at the ALSUP and not wanting to necessarily contemplate other solutions to really maybe looking at my kids' concerns. (laughs) So although it's gentle plan A still, my kid's not involved in this, I'm happy that, wow, look, she's moving in the direction of CPS, and that's where I keep coming back to. It took me me 15 years to get here. Why should I expect her, just because I present her with an alpha, <laughs> to suddenly be on board with this? So just calling to follow up and say thank you and also to say how helpful it is to listen to this, to develop my repertoire of one-liners, because even though oh, I'm good. trying to be patient, I still have to – I still need those cheerful, subversive – Let's sneak in the CPS where we can't comment. 
Well, I am delighted that you gave us an update, and it is a positive update. Do you mind if I keep you on the air for a little while? Just to, I know we have two other callers waiting, but there's a few things that you said that I'd like to comment on, if that's okay? Go for it. Well, uh, first of all, this is fantastic. Um, what it sounds like you've done is you've put the teacher on the highway toward understanding uh, your child and perhaps others like her, although we don't want to be too ambitious here, although that would be great, on the highway toward um, understanding that the chair of shame is obsolete, isn't getting the job done, unnecessary. You must have done something right if you took the teacher from not being interested at all to the current mentality that you're describing. So, um, we got to give you kudos because apparently, even though it was difficult, as you said, challenging, um, you did it, which is fantastic. And the teacher is on the highway now, and everybody, um, you know, what we're looking for is for people to get on the highway. The thing we have to be aware of is that sometimes people get off at an exit before they get as far as we would like them to. <laughs> and then we got to figure out what exit is that they got off at, and. Um, why they got off there, and what they were thinking when they got off the exit. Um, and we keep going from there. But as you said, and I think I probably say this on the program frequently, those of us who are enthusiastic about collaborative problem solving frequently forget how long it took us to get there. And we are hoping that others who were trying to get onto the highway will um, you know, put the pedal to the metal, get off at no exits, and get there you know, lickety-split. And... Um, doesn't work that way. So slow but steady, I guess, is the uh, is the theme. But here was my other comment. They're letting your daughter leave the group when she wants, and I like that way better than the chair of shame. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say, though, is um, it would still be nice to know what it is about circle time mm -hmm. that's hard for your daughter so that we can have some insight about that. And so once again, and I would say letting her wander from circle time is actually more is closer to plan C. Mm. And of course with plan C, we are saying we're not even going to work on that right now. We're just going to sort of um we're not going to worry about that unsolved problem right now. We've got bigger fish to fry. That actually feels more like plan C to me. Mhm. Mm but it would, sure would be nice. You've you got my curiosity up now, uh, and I don't mind that being in Plan C. Once again, I'll take it over the chair of shame any day of the week. My question is, what is it about circle time that's hard for your daughter? And once we find that out, might we also find that there are things we can help her with so that circle time becomes more feasible? And that's information and intervention that wouldn't occur with Plan C. By the way, it's intervention and, and information we wouldn't get with Plan A either. Mm -hmm. uh, but you got my curiosity up. I wonder what it is about circle time that's hard for your daughter. And whether you're going to try to find that out now or whether you're going to try to find that out later, your call, I'm glad we're not in the chair of shame anymore. That's, that's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. But you do have me curious. I know, and I've been curious since day one, so I just need to wrap my mind around a way to ask the question yet again <laughs> in a way that finally clicks where we get some information because I'm not getting clear information from my daughter. And 
um, it's not um, when I do the we've taken the approach where uh, because we have our exit strategy in place we say okay her behavior is communicating something we don't always get it but if she says she doesn't want to go to school and there's no reason she's giving us that we can do something about with her then we don't go to school the goal is always to try and go but finally one day and it usually ends up what do you know that she's got something medical going on that we just haven't glommed mm. onto yet but mm-hmm. one time it was circle time and so I said oh you know she did say it's circle time I really wish I knew what it was <laughs> and the response still is you know I really don't think it's circle time <laughs> so that's From okay the Yes. So I wonder, you know, sometimes if a if a child can't give us the information we're hoping for, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to rely on our observations. Mm-hmm. And what we're hoping our observations will tell us is the point, if she starts out in circle time, and if you were able to observe it, and if you don't think you observing it would change things so that you didn't see what you were there to see, or if the teachers were able to observe it. The question is, do our observations tell us anything about what it is about circle time that's hard for her, the point during circle time at which it became hard for her and she started looking less attentive, less interested, less able to stay in the circle? Is it just the amount of time that she has to spend sitting there? You know, I'm always cautioning against adults being geniuses and figuring out what a child's concerns are, but... I'm willing to violate that precaution if a child isn't able to give us the information we're looking for. And then we do want to rely more heavily on our observations to let us know what might be going on. So um, we have a progress report, but we also have uh, an agenda for still trying to find some things out. Okay, step two. Thank you for calling in and telling us, though. Progress reports are always welcome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's turn to our next caller from area code 603. How are you today? Hi, good. Thank you, Dr. Green. I um, had sent you an email a few weeks ago that you responded to on the air, um, and I'm calling for a little bit of follow-up finally. Um, my email was Let's about my it. Yeah, my email was about my um, three-year-old boy, and he has a, a, a twin sister, Um and she's, you know, very easy, and he's very challenging. Um, and I had read your book um, a, a couple of months ago now, and uh, we actually, uh, my husband and I attended your parent um, training this weekend, which oh, was cool. great. Yes. Thank so, you. And thank just you to let everybody that. know, we did do, um, this is something I'm going to be trying to be doing in different parts of the country. We've started a little bit more local, but we did an advanced training for parents this weekend in Bedford, Massachusetts, that was co-sponsored by Lives in the Balance and the Bedford, boy, I hope I say this right, CPAC, which is, oh boy, Special Education Parent Advisory Committee, I think. I just know it's CPAC. And uh, boy, it was a blast. It it almost, like, the the time went too fast. I was kind of surprised that the end came when the end came. But I'm I'm glad that you found it informative. But keep going. Absolutely. It went too fast for us, too. (laughs) Um, So... 
So I have this three-year-old boy, and we've been trying to use this, um, and my husband's very much on board. And um, basically I have two questions, and it sort of ties into the last caller. Um, We're having a really hard time getting him to um, give us the information that we need. And so I I, I think almost every time I've tried to use it, um, and we're really focused, you know, after your training, we, we made our list of our three things, and Good. we're really trying to be proactive and, and doing it, you know, trying to have a conversation at the time that he's most, um, at the time that we think he's most able to have a good conversation. And even in those times, he just, you know, gives us these bizarre answers. Um, and, you know, even with the best drilling, you know, we, we really came home from the training going, okay, we feel like we can do this. We we role-played the whole way home, um, <laughs> talking to each other to try to work through it. And, um He's still giving us these bizarre answers. So I feel like I'm kind of able in some cases to guess what's going on. And so, um, you know, in those situations, I can kind of um, make an attempt. But often when I do that, he, he kind of just goes, yep. And and I'm not 100% convinced that, that I really have nailed it. So I'm in that kind of gray area where I'm not sure I'm getting to the right place. And I, I need okay. some help getting there. So here's the question, and for, let me let me be, before we do that, let me just um, something you said is a good reminder for everybody. One of the things we learned in the advanced training for parents this weekend is that um, a lot of parents still need to make that list of unsolved problems, and still need to decide which ones are their top priorities, and then which ones they're going to, and th- those are the ones that are going to be Plan B and which ones they're not going to be working on right now. Those are going to be plan C. And um, that all helps us be really almost totally proactive about all of this because if we don't make our list of unsolved problems, we don't know the range of things that we need to work on. If we don't prioritize, we don't know what we're working on and what we're not working on. We don't know what's B. We don't know what's C which means that we're basically setting the stage if we don't do all of that for a, a life of emergency plan B. Right. The goal is for this to be 99.9% proactive, and that is facilitated by us figuring out what the lagging skills and unsolved problems are, mm-hmm. prioritizing, deciding what we're working on, that's B, what we're not working on, that's C, and doing all of it proactively. Now to your mm-hmm. question. It would help me to know what a bizarre what you mean by a bizarre response <laughs> sure and what unsolved problem you're working on when you get that bizarre response okay the one we tried working on um on sunday was um transitions he definitely you know when it's time to leave the house and it's time to put on our shoes and coats um he gets he he just hits everybody he can come in contact with um Got he get you know he gets very energetic and and has to hit everybody um well, i hate to interrupt again but yep um, I'm gonna mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that our listeners are clear that making transitions is a lagging skill, but you're giving a an example of a specific uh, circumstance in which making transitions is difficult, and of course that would be called an unsolved problem. Right. And it sounds like the unsolved problem you're talking about is getting ready to leave home to go somewhere. Yes. Got it. And that's a much more specific. Now, is it anywhere in particular? No, nope, it can be anywhere we're going. E- even, in fact, this weekend he was getting to have some one-on-one time with his dad, which he usually really enjoys. So it was something he, you know, he wasn't overly excited about it because he does like to spend time with me too. But, um, you know, it, it was 
not something he was hating to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, so keep going. I, I'll try not to interrupt anymore, but you're sure. raising so many points that I know that the people who listen to the program would want to hear that I keep interrupting, but let's see Absolutely. if I can stop. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so you're working on uh, the transition of leaving home to go somewhere. Right. So, late, so later that day, um, we tried to have a conversation with him and, you know, kind of did our best to say, you know, we noticed that you were kind of excited when it was time to go. What's up? And he, he at first kind of said, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, we really tried to give him time and, you know, kind of re- tried to rephrase it and, and um, but didn't try to dig in too too hard to make it seem like this was a battle we were engaging in, but just a conversation. And um, it was like after a few minutes, maybe five minutes, he sort of looked around the room and something caught his eye. So he saw his stuffed animal. And he said, I was worried that my stuffed animal was going to be alone. And it was like I could see it happen. I could see his eyes move across the room and catch this stuffed animal, and now a story has been created in his mind. It seemed to me... Um, I, I, I truly, as his mom, do not think that was the issue because we let him take okay. his stuffed animals with him if he wants to. Okay. So one, so th- th- that's an interesting. I um, was imagining you were going to say something like he said, um, "The rainbow is shining <laughs> over Nashua, New Hampshire." <laughs> not quite but that bizarre. Didn't say that. Right, so not, not that level of bizarre. No. <laughs> so, but but your um this is interesting. So your impression is that for a few minutes well and this is what I want to know. Right. Well well you got nothing for a few minutes and then you got mm-hmm. something but your sense was that the something was simply him responding to you being very interested in hearing something. Yes, exactly. What was he doing and by the way, one of the things that we can say when a kid is um, uh, getting upset when we're in Plan B, and of course there's really nothing to be upset about with Plan B, not really, but a lot of kids mistake Plan B, and I'm not saying this is yours because I don't know your situation well enough to know, but a lot of kids mistake Plan B for Plan A because that's been their history. Um, And so we may have to reassure the child Mm -hmm. that, um, so rephrasing can help if you think that he didn't, didn't understand what you said. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm reassuring the child that um, he's not in trouble. Right. We're not mad. We're not telling him what to do. Right. We just want to understand. Yeah. But now he, I'm curious about. Go ahead. Sorry. He he tends to get very embarrassed about the fact that he hits, even though he does okay. it all the time. Um, okay. He doesn't like to us, you know. And we did not mention hitting. We mentioned you were getting excited, um, but I think he Got was it. sensing that we might be getting to that, and that was okay. shutting us down. Got it. What did he do aside from, um, for whatever reason, him potentially feeling like he was in trouble yeah. or this was about hitting? Did, what What else did you get before you got, I was afraid that we would leave my um, teddy bear or whatever it was at home. Did you get anything before that? No. Nothing. Nothing. So he was he was kind of either being um, looking like he was um, not enjoying this or thinking that this was about being in trouble or about hitting, or he was sitting there not really giving you much of anything. Right. It's like it, it felt to me like he just couldn't even connect to what it was that he was feeling earlier. 
Um, well, and so one important question is, I mean, the, now we have to hypothesize. Mm-hmm. One hypothesis is that he didn't remember the specifics of the situation anyways. Right. Another, and we talked about this a little bit on Saturday, but it's worth repeating. I think we talked about it on Saturday. I, well, I can't remember what we talked about on Saturday, but one of the things I'm often asking kids is if they know what they want to say, Right, but I aren't sure how to say it, or whether they aren't sure what they actually even want to say. Mm-hmm. In his case, now we would only be able to guess right now, but in his case, do you think he had a sense about what it was that he wanted to say, or was it your impression, and I know this is just mm-hmm. an impression, right. that he really wasn't even either remembering or connecting what you were talking about with maybe he didn't know. So what what you may have been getting with the I'm worried that we were going to leave the teddy bear at home. Mm-hmm. That that's sort of an interesting form of I don't know. Right. Luckily, it's not as bizarre as it could have been. Mm-hmm. So as I'm always wondering, it, number one, you're pretty sure he understood what you were asking. Yes. Yes. Got it. But. Some hypotheses are that he was having difficulty connecting it with the experience. Exactly. And my, uh, believe it or not, just based on the limited that you're telling us, is that I'm not sure he knows. Right. I'm so not what do you sure do in that knows. situation? Well. Because um, I think that's almost always the case for him. I think there might be a few situations where he, he can kind of connect, but I think he often, he's very impulsive and just, I'm not sure he connects to his own emotions in those situations. Well, I think that we might want to get a little bit more specific to see if we can make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. And that might be to focus on, to, to make to remind him of what it was that he was doing before it was time to leave. Okay. When you're making a transition, you are moving from one thing to another. Right. And uh, often, I mean, people sometimes find this hard to believe, but it's true, often it's, it's it's not only moving from a less preferred act, from a more preferred activity to a less preferred activity but the reverse is also true mm-hmm. it's just leaving what you're doing and so we can you know if if we're being patient well, well there's a few options number 1 we can run with the teddy bear concern mhm and and the truth is that's probably what I would have done because it's what he gave us okay so you were worried that we were going to leave the teddy bear at home. And the mm-hmm. truth is, I would want to hear more about that. We, I mean, it, it, we, we could hypothesize that that's not valid, but we never want to do that. Right. We, we always want to treat the concern as if it's valid. Thankfully, we always have the option to ask if there is anything else. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to dismiss the teddy bear concern. Mm-hmm but I am going to ask if there's anything else, but at least we can talk more about the teddy bear, and at least talking is happening. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, the more talking is happening, perhaps the more thinking is happening, mm-hmm. and the more your son may be able to connect what we're talking about with what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. And of course, the wor- and, and then we might be able to ask, is there anything else? I noticed that you were playing with this before it was time to go. Mm-hmm. And now we're really connecting him with the experience. And um, I have a feeling, and I could be wrong, I try not to be a genius myself on (laughs) kids' concerns, but I'm just wondering if he's 
having trouble recognizing that it's hard to move from what he was doing, and of course this is the definition of making a transition, but a lot of kids don't know that that's what's really hard. It's hard right. to move from this thing to that. Yep. But And so what we might have to do if we're not really getting much, number one, I would keep him talking. I guess that's a piece of advice number one, and I would talk about the teddy bear. But I can always ask him if there's more than that. But <laughs> after I've done that, and I would never want to be dismissive of a kid's concern. I know that adults frequently say to me, what if you think like his concern is like it makes no sense? Right. Inquire further about it anyways. Number one, okay. he might surprise you. And number two, you, at all costs, you don't want to be dismissive of a child's concerns. Yeah. Right? Some people will say to me, not, you're not saying this, but some people will say, what if you think he's lying? Hmm. You know what? Um, we're still going to follow through on his concern or perspective. Because once again, we don't want to be dismissive. That's the thing we want to avoid at all costs. And the truth is, um, if this is a concern that has wings, as we might say, mm-hmm. then that will come out in the plan B wash. But And yep. if it doesn't have wings, then we'll move on to a different concern that does have wings. Okay. Worst case scenario, you end up doing some hypothesis testing or some educated guessing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of your hypotheses, if he's not able to come up with it, is that you noticed that he was playing with thus and such before it was time to go. Was it really hard to stop playing with thus and such mm-hmm. and start getting ready to go? Mm-hmm. And maybe he'd be able to give you some information about that. Now, he's okay. three, and I do collaborative problems on with three-year-olds, but you know, the younger a child gets, the less able they are to express in words their concerns. It doesn't mean right. they don't have concerns. Mm-hmm. But if he was able to say, I was worried that we were going to leave the teddy bear behind, mm-hmm. I'm sort of curious about how he would respond to, number one, you wanted to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Number two, asking if there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And number three, if he doesn't able to come up with anything that's more to it than that, if you did some hypothesis testing and if you hit the nail on the head, whether he'd be able to give you more information that way. Mm-hmm. Here's the good news. You get to find out. Right. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten that far yet, so this will be good to try well, out. Well, and then if, then if you want to, and as you've noticed, this is kind of progress report day because I think I know who's our next caller, um, <laughs> and I think I know where he, if I'm right about this, is calling from, if I recognize the area code. But um, feel free to call in and give us a progress report and let us know what happened. That's always welcome because we like to hear about whether the – strategies that I'm giving to try to get people further with Plan B are actually getting the job done. So feel free to call in again. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck with it. You bet. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we have one other caller today, and let's see if I'm right about who this is. Area code 519, you are on the air. How are you today? I'm fine, Dr. Green. It's uh, You know, I had a feeling about this, didn't I? This is Peter, who's one of our parents' panel members who regrettably couldn't join in the program last week. But uh, here he is. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Good. And I wanted to give you an update because you attended, uh, you you gave a one-day seminar about three weeks ago in the 519 area code. And at that uh, seminar, um, my, uh, my, my son's teacher attended the vice principal attended, and my spouse attended as well, I, and I was there as well. And I wanted to give you some feedback on how things went since then. Outstanding. I have only one question. Yes. Are you near a different phone receiver, or are you, are you on your cell, or are you on a phone receiver? A phone receiver. Because you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, 
let me see if I can uh, change that phone. Because, you know, How's that? This is, is that better? That is much better. If this is a progress report, we're going to want to hear every word. Okay. Well, um, I'll re just repeat what I said. Um, you you were in the 519 area code giving a, um, a one-day course. And at that one-day course, um, my son's teacher, uh, the vice principal of the school, attended, and my wife attended. And so uh, lo lots of things uh, have improved. Um, at school, for for starters, um, things just seem to be getting a, a lot better. Um, the the teacher has uh, started doing some Plan B, um, not only with uh, my son but with other students in the classroom. And I've heard that the vice principal is doing some Plan B with other students in school. Hello, are you there? I'm still here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just sitting and being happy. I'm sorry. I think this is a it's a breaking up a bit. It is a little. Um, did you hear what I said? I, I did. I'm wondering if you want to call back in. I'll, I'll call and, right um, back using my cell phone, and I'll see good. if I that see if we have a better work. connection. Good. Okay, and I'll, call I'll, you right I'll pick it up right when you call. Thank you. You know, if it's good news, we want to hear it, right? I mean, truth is, we'll take all news on this program. Um, there are people who are still struggling, and we want to hear from them. And there are people who, through their uh, diligent efforts, have themselves or helped others get on that collaborative problem-solving highway. And um, we love hearing about both. Truth is, it's not uncommon for us to hear first from our first call from somebody is that they're struggling, and our next call from somebody is that they are moving in the right direction again. So. Um, we take all callers on this program. Um, I don't want to say the town that Peter was in, but where I did the talk, but um, it was kind of cool to have him, his spouse, and the school people there all working together. And the longer the day went on, the more I saw them talking with each other and sharing notes and strategizing. Pretty cool stuff. We have Peter back, this time on his cell phone. You with us? So is this the better line? Well, that sounds good. Good. We'll see how we hold up. Okay. Um, just as an update, um, I got a, a call from my son's teacher today, um, and apparently my son had tried to initiate a plan B with her. He's been oh, sick my. with and he, one of the things that he's always a little bit embarrassed about, he, he, he coughs a lot, and he coughs quite loudly. And uh, this is quite quite new. Um, well, because he was coming back from a cold, um, he was very worried about other children's reactions and the teacher's reactions at school. So this morning he tried to do a plan B with the teacher, which he's never attempted before. Um, actually, he has attempted it before in the past, and... Uh, the teacher never really understood what what he was trying to do. Uh, never was we we were on a different uh, page really, in terms of trying to solve some of his um, underlying problems. But today she called back and she asked for a bit of clarification, and then she went and um, she's attempting it with him again. 
Outstanding. You know what the unsolved problem is that they're working on? Uh, his his feeling of being embarrassed when he coughs, and he's worried about oh, wow. um, interrupting the class. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a good thing to be working on collaboratively. Yeah. I, he, he tried to do it with me, but I suggested that he talk to the teacher directly because it's in the cl- uh, classroom. It's it's not a concern at home, but it's a concern in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Well, that's outstanding. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know how it went? Uh, not yet. Um, I can guess that it's probably going quite well. Um, when the teacher was talking to me on the phone today, she, she did mention that um, she felt that things were a lot better because now she can understand what we have been trying to do for the last year. Um, we've been doing collaborative sol- problem solving at home for the last year and a half, and so some of the approaches, some of the language that we've used, uh, my son has brought to school, but it, it's kind of not worked there. And, and now it is working. Outstanding. Um, so he's he's really he's, he really tries to get his concerns across. And in the past, I think he's felt that uh, the teachers try to give solutions too quickly. And 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 the teacher this, today said that she she was going to really try to understand um, what his concern was. I was very encouraged by that. That's outstanding. Wow, you've got her on the highway, haven't you? Yes. And we've yeah. got to give her credit too for being open-minded and receptive that's i mean that's kind of giving her credit for who she is but the uh, contrast is sometimes rather striking sometimes people are not quite so receptive um this is always good to hear how's your wife doing with the model she's also doing quite well i think the biggest change for both my teachers and my wife is getting the mindset that kids do well when they can mm-hmm. versus kids do well when they want to. Yep. And even though the plan B's haven't really begun yet, that single change has made the most difference both at home and at school. Well, and this is the interesting thing about the model, and that is that um, there are so many parts of the model. Kids do well if they can is a huge part and kids do all if they can, plus lagging skills, really helps people get the right lenses on. And what's amazing is that can have a dramatic positive impact. And notice that part doesn't involve anything related to doing plan B. It's just helping people get the right lenses on. And that can be absolutely crucial to the point that, you know, some people, all they needed was the right lenses, and the plan B part is not quite so important to them. And sometimes people lose sight of that fact because plan B is sort of the more technical part of the approach. But um, kids do all if they can is what I hear most often from people telling me that it's the part of the model that really got their heads turned around. I don't, I don't hear that about plan B so often. I hear that they are glad to know how to do it and that it's, it's working for them and that they're learning things in the empathy stuff that they never knew before and that the kid is working with them, so those are all positive things. But of all the things I hear in my travels of people telling me what parts of this model have impacted them, it's kids do all if they can that is far and away the front runner. The other thing that's happened in our house is that um, my wife tends to bring up some things to my son much more proactively. Great. Uh, it might still be her her desire to do plan A, on, on but at least... 
her concerns are coming forward much sooner when my son is not upset. And so there's much more of a discussion. E- even though she's not necessarily doing technically plan B, it, it doesn't yep. really matter. That, that, that yep. He has more time to consider things, and he's not upset when the idea of some new idea is brought in front of him. And so we're, we're, we're doing a lot better in solving problems. Y'all are on the highway, man. Yeah. No turning back now. <laughs> no. And I've also heard that the vice principal is starting to do some uh, plan Bs with some other students in the school. And and in, in my son's classroom, there's a couple kids that, um, that are having some trouble. The teachers are also uh, doing collaborative problem solving with them. Peter, you're like a, uh, you know, parents often ask, what can I do? Um, can I really have this kind of impact? And you are living, breathing proof of, uh, no, it's not always going to be this easy, but the truth is you haven't necessarily had an easy time of it. But you are proof of the impact that a single parent can have. You've had the impact on your household, and now you have extended your influence to your children's school. Um, Boy, who would have thought it was possible for a parent to have that kind of impact? Oh, thank you. I was inspired by your story when when you were last year when you were talking to um, on your your program for schools, where there was a a vice principal from the Calgary Board of Education mm-hmm. that talked about how the school became the whole school board became uh, aware of collaborative problem solving through the efforts of one parent. And I was really inspired by that. It uh, you know it happens in many places and it's so gratifying but also so cool. And that's quite frankly why Lives in the Balance wants to um, try to energize parents and people who are anybody who's trying to have an impact in their community. There's much more coming down the pike from Lives in the Balance to help people actually do that. Um, but this is proof that um, you know uh, at the grassroots level, um, change can be achieved. Um, despite the fact that um, legislation keeps getting passed that makes us focus on the wrong things in our education settings and make us think more about keeping up with other foreign countries and less about the fact that educators have always solved problems with kids and all the pressures that are being placed upon them these days take them away from that role that they've always played and um, kind of cause them to be less human and less compassionate. Um, And yet... Um, here's great examples of the fact this, the fact that despite um, forces that are pushing in the wrong direction, forces that are pushing in the right direction will ultimately prevail, prevail and that's pretty cool stuff. In fact, that's about as cool as it gets. But um, we, don't worry. There's gonna, Lives in the Balance has more to offer you when the time comes, and we're ready to roll this stuff out to help you continue what you're doing. Um, but it sounds like you're doing fine all by yourself at this point. It's going quite well. We, we've um, The school and I have agreed to speak uh, just briefly, informally, every day, and to update each other of how things went at home and at school. And, and there, it's, it's definitely going better. It's definitely going better. And we're really pleased Good. about and, the progress. And as I always say, better is better, and there's no um, end. To better, um, but so long as we're continuing to make things better and better, we don't need to have an end in sight. Um, better is better, 
and um, I'm always optimistic about a child's outcome if we're continuing to make things better. So I, I appreciate you calling in today. We unfortunately are about to run out of time on this program, and I look forward to talking with you again on the parents panel next time. Well, thank you so much for your help, Dr. Green. It's been you bet, great Peter. help to Keep it up, man. everybody. Take care. Bye. So that's uh, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, um, this program goes how it goes. But unfortunately, uh, we didn't get to any of the email today. I got like um, nine of them lined up, but we'll do that next time. Don't worry. Um, in the meantime, I think that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you for listening in as always. And um, keep those emails coming. Keep listening. Keep doing what you're doing out there. Have a good week.